Oh, we're just three days away from Texas Pinball Festival. Can you feel it? Can you feel the energy? We're going to see Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. I saw Charlie had it backstage at an Alice Cooper concert yesterday. Um, we're going to see not much else new. That's it. But anyway, anyway, we're excited. We're excited for Texas Pinball Festival. Um, I'm so excited that Blake Dumasnil joined the show Blake did all the amazing artwork for Texas Pinball Festival, graphic designer, artist, works on all this amazing stuff with NASA, lent his artistic skills to Domino's Pinball, but all around great, great pinball fanatic. And we interviewed Blake on episode 215 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. And because there is no news, we're going to air that interview right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome back to Canada's Pinball Podcast um, one of my favorite guests, Blake Dumasnil from Texas, artist, graphic designer, good friend of the show. Blake, was it was it me announcing on my last episode that you had to come on that that made you come back on the show? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. we've been playing this for a little while but yeah that, that helped convince me a little bit so that should be my new strategy so ladies and gentlemen on my next podcast will be um mr steve ritchie no i'm, I'm making that up he's not going to be on um but maybe i should do that i should just announce people are going to be the guests and then they, they magically appear but blake i'm excited to have you on the show i know both of us are excited for texas pinball festival that is happening uh this coming week and i want to just let's talk about the show and what we think is going to going to happen at this at this um humongous pinball event sounds good all right now now blake you are connected to this show and before we start talking about like the different manufacturers and what we think is going to happen i want to talk about the artwork for this year's texas pinball festival because you my friend provide it right the artwork and the logo right for for the show itself yeah um yeah, it's been uh, I've kind of been the art director for the show this year. Um, after I worked with Ed and Kim on the kind of official logo for the show last year, um, you know, they got back in touch with me pretty early on, um, right after the show last year, and uh, said, "Hey, you know, we'd we'd be interested in working with you on our marketing materials and uh, you know, fleshing out." A theme for next year and I told him sure so uh, we got to talking and um, one thing led to another and we uh, came up with this idea to use cosmic chaos which was a concept by Mark Ritchie and Ed uh, to kind of run with that and flesh it out more for the show so um, that's kind of how it came to fruition all right so I want to talk about that because I've heard rumors and you can say I can't comment that this cosmic chaos theme might actually be a pinball machine in development. Is there any truth to that, Blake? Um, it's not actively in development, but I will say that I think there's some interest in possibly making it a real machine. Um, you know, we, um, when I went into this, uh, working with Mark on kind of coming up with, more ideas to, to build the artwork around for the show. Um, we did talk about, you know, a storyline for the game and what types of toys might be on it, what types of little gimmicks here and there. And so, um, everything that we've done as far as marketing the show and the merchandise around this theme, we've done it with the idea that it, 
could be a game, you know, right. that it could be a, a real theme that could be turned into a game. Um, I think that, uh, I know Mark has some ideas as to what he would put in the game. Um, but I think there's also a little bit of conflict of interest with, uh, his employer, um, as far as really being able to flesh it out for some other manufacturer to make. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there is interest in taking this a step further and, uh, I'm very curious to see, you know, how people react to the stuff that they're going to see this weekend. Um, you know, not just in the t-shirts and all that stuff, but, um, you know, we'll, we're going to have Cosmic Chaos kind of front and center, and it's going to be, it's it should be a really neat theme integration for the show itself. So, where where's Mark right now in terms of employment? So he is with Raw Thrills right. slash uh, Play Mechanics. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure if Play Mechanics is owned by Raw Thrills or if they're like a subsidiary or what. But um, basically, he's associated with Raw Thrills and. Um, He's been doing a lot of work over the years on games like Big Buck Hunter and stuff. Right. Is one of the sharps over there? Am I just making that up? Um, so I believe Josh Sharp is over at Raw Thrills, and Zach Sharp is who's with Stern now. Okay. Right. Right. Because I think I hear Josh in interviews talking about making stuff like new Cruise in USA games, and I believe it's Raw Thrills who puts out some of the more elaborate new arcade machines that actually make their way um, out into the world. So that that's pretty cool stuff. Um, all right, so Blake, you're also working on, and nobody knows this yet, another piece of artwork that will be <laughs> unveiled at the Texas Pinball Festival. Um, I myself have commissioned Blake to make the official advertisement for Canada's Pinball Podcast um, that all of you will see in the show brochure. And I have to say, Blake, I've seen it and I, and, and you, you blew me away. I, 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 I've, I've done these ads myself. Brenda and myself have done them before. And even Brenda this year got a little upset because she wanted to make the ad with me. And I'm like, well, here's what Blake created. And it's, it's amazing. And I think, (laughs) I think people out there are going to, can be pleasantly surprised. Now, Blake, you've been working with Ed and Kim on the brochure for Texas Pinball Festival, right? And you said that my ad features somewhere up front in that, in that brochure. Yeah, I've, I've seen the whole program. Uh, it is the largest program that they've produced for uh, TPF to date. Um, I think there's like 56 pages or something like that to it. I mean, it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's going to be a really great document. I think that's also a, a testament to, how many vendors and manufacturers and distributors are all realizing how big of a deal the show is and they're all getting their ads in there. But, uh, yeah, you got, you got some really good real estate. I think you're, I think you're within the first like 10 pages of the, of the program. So there we go. And that, it, um, you know, it pays to know people. It pays to know people <laughs> in this world. Um, and, I, and I'm super excited. I mean, for those of you who haven't been the Texas pinball festival, um, it's one of the best shows and, and Kim and, and Ed, they throw such a great show and there's so many awesome people there. And it's one of these shows where it, it has everything you need. It's got all the games you want to play. It's got a great tournament uh, and it's big. You know, sometimes we go to shows and there's not as much going on in the free play room. But I, I think Texas, much like the state itself, does everything bigger and better. Um, 
And and this is a big year for Texas Pinball Festival. And and Blake, let's talk about uh, who we think the big winners and possibly losers, and even talk about some of the no shows and and, and the impact we think that's going to have on this show. How's, how's that sound? Uh, that sounds great. So, up to a few weeks ago, we were expecting all the big players to come to Texas Pinball Festival. And I think we got some shocking news. And I know Ed was kind of bummed out um, when we learned that Stern was not going to be coming to Texas Pinball Festival with with Iron Maiden, which is probably the worst kept secret in pinball. Um, right. What were your thoughts, Blake, when you heard that Stern wasn't going to come with anything new? Um, I, was, I was surprised, to be honest with you, mainly because... Um, you know, they skipped Expo this past year and didn't show anything. I mean, I think Guardians was revealed only maybe three weeks later after Expo. And, uh, okay, I, I understand they didn't want to show it with uh, the lackluster code and all that stuff. Um, I think that um, – I think it's also kind of a testament to maybe Stern still feeling like they're very confident in their products and that they're still the largest manufacturer and that they don't need to rely on these shows to – to give a sneak preview. However, with that said, I, I personally was very disappointed that they're not going to have a new game. And I'm also, I'm also feeling like it's kind of a mistake. You know, you've mentioned on your show a few times recently that, that there are a lot of other players providing games nowadays. Um, there are a lot of options for buyers and even though the pinball hobby's grown, there are still only so many buyers to go around for how expensive some of these games are. Right. And to not give people a chance to try this these games out, or at least at the very least, see the game, you know, may, that might make people want to hold on to their money a little bit longer, even if they saw a game that they really were impressed with and they they liked, you know. So I expect Iron Maiden to have a beautiful art package if uh if zombietti truly is the one doing the artwork on it um and i think it's probably going to be a great looking game that people are going to want to set their money aside but i mean come on texas is a huge show there are more people probably traveling from all over the world to this show this year uh, than ever before and it would have been a great opportunity to to let people see that yeah, I, I think there was a, a collective sort of just disappointment that sort of permeated through the, the, the pinball universe when we learned this because I just don't think Stern cares about these shows anymore. I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's not that they're not going to show up because we know they'll be there. They'll be there with right. their games that are currently you know on the line, stuff like Batman and Star Wars. Um, what am I missing? Uh, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Of the Galaxy. Uh, Ghostbusters, you know, they'll show us uh, what we can order today. They'll probably have an ACDC Lucy there and all that stuff. Uh, but I agree. I, I think that it's a missed opportunity. And, and I do also agree that the competition is, is heating up. You know, people are going to want to buy games that they can play. And I think Stern has had the luxury of selling so many games to people sight unseen. And, and nowadays, I really do think people are going to want to get more hands-on time with these games. Uh, and even if people can't make it to shows like TPF, I think the feedback from the shows about how the game played and what the experience was like uh, is stuff that people are looking for before they rush in and buy. Now, I could be completely wrong because 
they could just announce Iron Maiden, right, and, and X amount of LEs, and they could sell out overnight. You never know with Stern. I, I, it's kind of hit right. or miss on how successful these games are. Um, but we sure know that showing up at the big shows seems to be uh, not their priority when it comes to marketing these games. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I am disappointed that what we're going to see, and, and I've heard that, you know, Marco is, is going to have a larger booth than they've ever had, that there's going to be 15-plus um, games in their booth this year, uh, all of which will be Stearns, I imagine. Um, so you're looking at roughly at least about three games per title. Um, but everything that we're looking at, we've been playing on now for the last, you know, anywhere from four to four months to a year or more. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, there's new code and all this stuff, but really personally, I feel like, and, and I'm lucky I'm in a big city. I have access to a lot of the new machines, uh, as soon as they come out, but I was ready to see something new. And I think a lot of people are, I think guardians has kind of, it hasn't really gone over that great with a lot of people. I know that um, my distributor here in Houston has not sold a single pro model Guardians of the Galaxy. He's sold a few of the LEs that he has, still has a few LEs, but has not sold a single pro model. And I don't think Guardians is a bad game, but I just don't think that it lit a lot of people up in terms of there being a whole lot of innovation or anything to it. Right. No, I mean, I, I I agree. I mean, I think a lot of people saw that game and, and it, it reminded them very much of just a combination of Metallica and Iron Man. Nothing sort of like completely new in the design department. Um, the artwork was nice. Christopher Franchi always delivers. Definitely. Um, but the game was, it was another one of these like, are you really kidding us? You're going to ship this game with this code? And look, I know there's a lot of debate about this, but Stern was not going to put music into this game. They they heard the feedback initially and ponied up some more dollars to throw some songs in. But even though they got the music, it's just not integrated. That game to me feels like it's still just sort of like they're building the ship in the ocean. Like they didn't really have it ready to go. And I, I, I think John Trudeau's departure uh, really created a ripple effect through Stern Pinball and things got moved around. And and Guardians yeah. feels like a rush job to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in the long run, um, I, I expect the code will probably be fleshed out in that game a year from now. I think it'll probably be a fun game. I don't think it shoots that badly, and I do think it's got some interesting shots. Um, but at the same time, it's also a good example of taking a really good theme overall, in my opinion, between the characters and the music and, and all that stuff, as well as the, the art direction from the films. Um, but it still doesn't quite feel like it was brought to its fullest potential on a pinball machine with the lack of, you know, some video and, uh, especially the, the call outs even from the movies. Um, Boobly-boo. Yeah. I mean, that sort of became the narrative. Boobly-boo, right? And it's like, you really don't want, you almost don't want people to focus on what's missing in the game when the game is launched. You want people to be excited about what's in the game. And that, that was the main thing for me. It was like, all the, feedback was about what people wish the game had nobody was like oh my god i'm so happy with what i'm getting and i think the other big thing that was missing 
um, from that game for me was it didn't have the second movie in it. And it just felt really like that's like an incomplete way to bring out this franchise, especially when the, the second movie was just in theaters and people loved it. And it, 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 it just felt like a half-baked version of the franchise. So, all right, so Stern is not going to be there. And the other major player, Blake, that we heard um, who pulled out was Chicago Gaming Company, right? And we still don't know what game number three is, but what kind of impact do you think Chicago Gaming not showing up is going to have um, in the industry or at the show? Uh, their their announcement that they weren't going to show up was probably an even bigger surprise to me than Stern not showing a new game, honestly. Um, especially because they had, had come out and said, hey, we're going to be showing our third game at TPF right. this year. Um, and... I I don't know if it has much to do with their confidence and how well Attack from Mars has done because it has done very well. I know the people that have bought that game have been extremely happy with it and it has been selling well. Uh, they got a great price point on it too. Um, but I still think that this would have been a great opportunity just like they made a really big splash at TPF last year with Attack from Mars. This would have been a great opportunity to kind of follow that up and said, hey, we really are – we're in this for the long haul. We are really, um, I don't want to say reinventing these games, but we're certainly reinvigorating them and bringing them back out to the forefront and uh, showing just how amazing the design and creativity was for games that are already, you know, 20 plus years old. So um, it's, it's a shame that they're missing uh, for sure. I don't doubt that whatever reason they decided not to show the game uh, was probably a good one. I'm sure they don't want to show something that's incomplete or something that people are going to criticize heavily. Uh, but I really hope that whatever changes and adjustments they're making, that they're going to make it count. Right. It's a little strange, right? Because nothing they're going to show us for the most part hasn't been seen before because it's a remake and we, True. we know their approach, right? It's to improve upon the display of the game, put a nicer topper up there, slap some colorful armor on it, and call it a day. Do we really... <laughs> so? But their feedback on why the, they're delaying this game has led to a lot of speculation uh, in that they're doing more to improve upon the game that they're remaking. And so that's led people to speculate that it's not Monster Bash, which is a pretty fully flushed out game that it might actually be either Big Bang Bar or Cactus Canyon, which were two games that really needed more improved code from what made it out into the world back in the day. Do you, what's your guess, Blake, on, on what game three is? I mean, it's anybody's guess, I feel like, at this point. Yeah, I, um, you know, initially when they, when they first started talking about game three, my gut was that it was going to be Cactus Canyon. I felt like that was the one that naturally was kind of next in line because they just didn't make nearly as many of those games. And I felt like the demand would be there right. um, if they took the time to to polish the game out more. Um, I, I've played Cactus Canyon. I've played both the continued version and the normal version. And I got to say, even with what's there, it's a great game. It's a lot of fun. The shots are fantastic on it. So I think that that will be a really successful game for them when they get to it. But, you know, then then all the rumors started weighing more in favor of Monster Bash. And so I kind of felt like, okay, well, obviously that's – there are more and more people talking about it. I guess that's what's coming down the pipeline. But um, right. as far as Big Bang Bar goes, um, 
I, I, I don't know. My gut tells me that that's not the next game. I, I don't really have a reason why I feel that way. I just, I just think that they're probably going to get another one of these Bally Williams games out of the way before they dive into the Capcom ones like Big Bang Bar. Right. Um, I'll, I'll say this. It was a genius move what they did. The more I think about it, it was a genius move on their part to, uh, to list all the potential games they're going to remake at once. At first, I was like, what are they doing? They're spoiling it. They're... But here's why it was such a smart move on their part. Because nobody is going to go buy a Monster Bash, a Big Bang Bar, a Cactus Canyon, a Circus Voltaire, or a Theater of Magic. Nobody's going to pay top dollar and want to buy a secondhand game right now. They're going to wait. They're going to wait, yeah. and the money's going to go to Chicago Gaming Company because... Uh, they're going to make it, and we know that they're going to enhance the games. I mean, Attack from Mars remake is gorgeous. I know they're having some issues with some people's machines here and there, but for the most part, you can't deny um, that the improvements they're making to those games uh, are, are delivering a nicer package uh, than the original. I, I, that's that's my opinion. No, no, you're you're absolutely right, and and I feel the same way. I I've got a. I've got to kind of eat crow here and say that, um, you know, a year ago, the week that we were leading into, into TPF, I really didn't care at all about attack from Mars being unveiled. It, it didn't, it really didn't excite me. Uh, there wasn't anything to it that I really looked forward to seeing at the show. Um, but man, when that weekend rolled around and we saw that game for the first time and played it, I was amazed at how nice of a job they did just, you know, adding little details here and there that really stepped the game up tremendously. And the, the wider, um, LCD display looked fantastic in it. And, um, it made me feel the absolute opposite way this year going into TPF and their third game was one of the most anticipated games that I was looking forward to seeing at the show this year. And, um, and that was a testament to how great of a job I felt like they did on Attack from Mars. So now moving forward, I mean, I, I feel like they're in this to stay, and I certainly am interested to see what they're going to do. That's that's why it's all the more disappointing that they're not going to have a game there this weekend. Right, right. Well, and I think for them, I know they want it to be there. I mean, they're not their approach is not like Stern. I mean, I think these guys, they are selling machines – to people who are very familiar with the classical pinball machines, where I think Stern is trying to sell machines, not just to pinball enthusiasts, but to a broader audience. And and when you license a theme like Iron Maiden or Star Wars or Ghostbusters, you know, you're trying to reach that broader audience. But unless you're a pinball nerd, Blake, nobody knows who what Monster Bash is. Nobody knows what, you know, Big Bang Bar is. But people know right. what a licensed theme is. So I, I feel like, they would only delay if they weren't ready to show something that was truly special about this game. And I think it just begs the question, what's the next place they could possibly unveil it? Is there a show coming up after TPF anywhere that would be big enough for these guys? Or would they just put out a video or something? Well, um, Correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you go to the show, but isn't Allentown like in April, and then uh, isn't Midwest Gaming Classic in either April or May? Let's see, Allentown. What is it called? Allentown. <laughs> Allentown. I've I've always just known it as Allentown, but if it has a real name, I don't know. 
let's see. I'm gonna I'm googling it right now while we we talk about this. So Pinfest <laughs> is Allentown. Um, Pinfest 2018. Let's see. I th I don't think it's that early. I always remember okay. driving there with Ted, and it's never that nice out. Pinfest Allentown. Um, bu 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 I think it's in july to be honest let me see. oh okay well then in that case i i would say that like midwest game classic would be it's in it's in may so it looks yeah. like it's may 4th and may 5th this year that would so, be probably the next best opportunity so march april okay well it's not too far away but i guess you know when they're i think when they're ready to make the game um they'll unveil it and again i think as much as people want to uh, jump on these machines and Texas is such a good place. I mean, that's the reason why I think we get bummed out when nothing's there because, uh, and this has sort of become my new point of view is people want to play these things. And you know, the remakes, we've all played them. We played the originals probably many, many times. Um, but we do want to, uh, get the feel for what these remakes, um, are like. Um, so, okay. So those two guys are not going to be there. Let's talk about the people that will be there. Okay. So we know, and I'm just going to list them, the big players that are coming will be Spooky Pinball, will be Jersey Jack Pinball, will be American Pinball. I think if there's like, you know, did, it, did I get, those are the three, right? I mean, those are going to be the three big ones. So those I, are the three big ones, and, you know, then there are multimorphic. One, or, one or two smaller ones. Then, yeah, you've got Multimorphic, which... They'll be doing. They'll be showing cosmic kart racing, and then um, the Circus Maximus guys will be unveiling Kingpin, which has been kind of hush hush up to this point, really. All right, so let's do this. Let's let's work our way up to the top three because okay. I, I think that'll be a fun way to do this. So let's talk about is is it Circus Maximus guys who are unveiling Kingpin? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So I, I brought these guys up on my last show and. They were supposed to be making Python Angelo's Pinball Circus. Uh, year, like a few years ago, they announced they were making like 12 prototypes. No clue where those games are. I, I think those guys <laughs> took a break yeah. for like a year and a half. And now we we are hearing that they are going to remake probably one of the most expensive rare games of all time, Kingpin. And we have... A photo they put up of them working on the game in like a garage with looks like a, a messy garage. What are your thoughts on this, Blake? I mean, and this new art package, is that going to be the art package? Are they going to reskin the game with that? I, I, I call that artwork. It looks like it's from a menu in Times Square. It's like it, it, <laughs> it looks like an Italian restaurant menu. It doesn't. I, I just don't feel like that artwork is an improvement. I mean, but you're the artist, so I'll, I'll I was defer I was you. trying to place where I I felt like I had seen art like that before, and I, I think that your description of it being a Times Square menu is pretty accurate. Yeah, and you know it's it's surprising because I mean it's done by Dave Christensen, who's who is a well known artist who's been in the industry for many decades. But what has he done? What's his claim to from a, from an ball? art? So from an art standpoint, I I hate that bat glass artwork <laughs> and and I, I know hate's a strong word i i just don't like it at all i think that it it's just uh, um lacking personality on so many levels and it it 
looks amateurish. And look, I'm an amateur. I don't I don't put myself uh, on a pedestal by any means, and and I'm happy with the work that I've done so far. But I feel like I've got a long ways to grow as an artist too. But but I don't know. There's just something about that art that I just feel like. It does not work well. It's like it's like watercolors. Uh, I'm looking at it now. It looks like Burt Reynolds wearing like a Kermit the Frog <laughs> suit, and like nothing about like with with this. He's got his arm around this girl, and it just looks really. I mean, when we think about the fact that we've got incredible artists now, right, raising the bar on art packages from Zombie Yeti to Christopher Franchi to Dirty Donnie. Um, Blake, you've worked on our packages. Uh, games are, are looking sexier than ever. And then I saw this, and, and I was like, no, no. So so here's my understanding about this artwork, and it made me feel a little bit better about the situation after I, I heard this, assuming that it's true, um, that that art package could possibly be an LE model art package for the game that they might do a small run of games that have this art package, but that the, whatever you want to call it, the standard game basically would be the traditional, you know, pulp comic art style of the game. And that right there is, was what I want to see with the game. You know, that's the, that sort of Dick Tracy style artwork is what was so gorgeous about the original game and why it was such a shame that the game never got produced as well. Because it supposedly not only was a fun game to shoot, but I love that artwork on that game. And, uh, right. well, you know, here, here's, here's the thing. The Ellie art package is supposed to be the nicest <laughs> art package. I, I yelled at Christopher Franchi for this. I, I was agree. like, dude, you <laughs> fucked up on Guardians of the Galaxy. You should have put the... The pro artwork is the nicest art package, and you put freaking Groot on the LE, and he's like, well, you know, I thought more people would see the pro. And I'm like, bro, that Ferrari puts the nicest trim package on the top-of-the-line car, not the entry level. And, and I think pinball LE art packages should be the, the best looking. It, it's not always the case. It's not always the case, but... I think on I think that's a mistake. I also like so that means we're going to get a limited edition of Kingpin and then another edition of it. That's my understanding of it. Now I don't know if that's true. That could be strictly a rumor, but I've heard that that the most games that will be out there will be the traditional art packages that everybody wants to see, and, and it makes sense. So. What I think these guys are doing, you know, there are guys that are on Pinside right now that are criticizing Circus Maximus for stopping work in their tracks on Pinball Circus after so many years of development and jumping tracks over to this other game that also wasn't ever fully complete. But a part of me also feels like it was a smart move. You're probably looking at a game that has a much lower bill of materials necessary for it. It's probably got... Uh, mechanisms and parts that are more standard to the majority of games that are out there. And on top of that, they know that that's a game that will be in high demand if they can find a way to mass produce it. Right. I mean, look, I'm looking at Dave Christensen's art. And in, I mean, the last game he worked on was 1981. I mean, that probably sounds about right. (laughs) I mean, I, I just think the industry has moved art to a whole new level and it's nothing yeah. against Dave personally, but I mean, if you're going to remake one of the rarest, most expensive games of all time, uh, I, I think there's far more accomplished artists that 
probably should have been tapped. But look, it's not even about the art for me. I just I can't see these guys making this game. I mean, they we're, who's manufacturing it? Like, what's right. their plan for production? Right. How many? That, how many? How many are they going to make? Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 quite sure they're going to be getting asked that question this week this weekend, and uh, you know, I kind of get the feeling that what they're going to be showing off uh, in Dallas is very much going to be a prototype game. Like, it's like they have been scrambling to get this game built in the garage <laughs> to be able to show it, and I think that this is a this is an effort to get a cash injection into their overall operation because. I don't think there's any money left to spend on Pinball Circus. And God knows that's been a very difficult game and expensive game to develop. So, um, you know. But who's, who in I, their right mind? I mean, we've, we've all been burned in the pre-order sure. world. I mean, they've got to realize, like, showing up, asking people to invest in a company that's never made a single thing and, and sort of holding over people's heads the promise of one of the rarest, most expensive games of all time as as a reason why. I, I just think, yeah. like, that to me sounds like pinball business model circa 2014. <laughs> right. And, it's, and it's, I, baiting. it's yeah, baiting. Yeah, I, I just think 2018, there's so much real stuff happening that if these guys come out and have no real production schedule and ask for any deposits... Uh, I, I, I think people are going to move right, right past them. So let's go on from these guys because I, again, like I don't want to spend too much time because I actually don't think they're going to get anything made this year at all. Um, I want to move on to Multimorphic and P3 and, and Jerry's going to be at the show again. Cosmic Kart Racing is going to be one of the new titles they show on the platform. Um, I probably had some, not the nicest things to say about here we are at another show and another another moment to get people to play the platform. And I guess the question I have for you, Blake, is do you think time is just sort of, it's running out on getting people to buy this platform? At what point has it been around the block enough times? Yeah, I, I think the excitement has certainly dwindled on the P3. Um, I think that when they first unveiled their platform, it was at a time when you had stern machines being produced and you barely had jersey jack games being produced at that point and it was quite honestly a very refreshing platform to see at that time five six years ago um i don't i still don't think that the um the innovation of the game as far as the way they have the flippers and all that stuff has lost its luster but i do think that they've just they haven't really been able to sell people on the the swappable playfield stuff. It's a concept that nobody's clamoring for, except for maybe a handful of people. Um, and I also think that, and and not to sound like a, a snobbish artist, uh, you know, or anything like that, but I think that the the art direction of the games um, leaves a little something to be desired. And I think that that's. You know, when you're looking at putting these games in your homes as as just as much a static piece of artwork as a toy to play with, um, you you want to have something that looks really nice and presentable. And I'm just not sure that they've quite gotten the design of the games uh, in the art direction up to that level. You know, I, I can see potential for how the playfield, um, you know, animations and all that could tie in to the surrounding artwork uh, on top of the playfield. But I think that 
you know, there's just more that needs to be done there. And so I think people, I I just don't think people are that interested anymore, especially when you've got games like Houdini and attack from Mars that are out there for a considerably cheaper price point and, uh, as well as spooky games. And, uh, they, they offer more bang for the buck. It seems like I sound like I'm going to the toilet. I mean, the, the, the thing with, a platform that is selling customers on future swappability of of new games, right? So more like a video game console, less like a pinball machine where if I buy this, there are going to be many titles to come down, down the line that I'll be able to pop in and, and play. And I think people are probably worrying that where is that going to come from? Because who's going to develop and design for the platform if there isn't a large enough user base um, to support the R&D cost that has to go into making new titles for the machine? And, um, you know, look, I, I think the game is fun. I mean, I think where Jerry, if I were him, I would really focus on the connectivity and get mm-hmm. those games to be internet connected. I, I think that is his sort of pull a rabbit out of the hat sort of Hail Mary way to get more people in on the platform because I think it's so much fun when you're playing against somebody in competitive pinball. I, I love that game where you like you 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 like have to hit the red or the or the or the right. green boxes and it sends balls over to the other person's game. Like that game at shows is so addictive and so much fun. Uh, I, I just think but you get the game home, you can't play it like that yeah no i mean i i think the game is a blast and and i i play that game at every show that i that i see it at and and i've had a great time playing it um but you're right the the head-to-head certainly proved to be even more uh effective and fun than the single game by itself in fact i could even see there being a great redemption value to two of those games and a Dave and Buster's connected to each other. You know, I could, I could also see there being a lot of potential for the platform being used, you know, uh, in line with maybe some of the Zen pinball, virtual pinball tables that they've built. You know, those guys have managed to get some great licenses that they've turned into virtual machines. And what if they were able to kind of meet in the middle and work with Multimorphic on using the LCD for a partial virtual game but also have some actual physical elements involved as well. That could be a great crossover opportunity for people that want to have that modern LCD, you know, uh, video game feel, but as well as the physicality of pinball. Right. I totally agree. Now I heard Bubba bark. Now I'm, my fingers are crossed. He's staring towards <laughs> the door. Hopefully I don't have to hit pause, but if he keeps ripping his barks, um, and he's heading in that direction. Hold on, I, he's not—he's not yet at the door. So we'll—we'll—we'll we'll, we'll, we'll keep talking. If he goes again, like what I'll do is, I'll just leave Skype on and leave the record going, and then I'll just pick it back up when I come back into the apartment. How's that sound? Oh, no, that sounds fine. No problem. Uh, he's such an amazing guy. I mean, I literally like—I just cater to him. Brenda's in. Brenda would normally be walking him while I'm doing the podcast, but she's in Boston for work. Um, well, look, I—I I think that at the shows. P3 and, and Multimorphic, it, it's, it is a fun game to jump in on. Um, but to your point, I mean, look, 10 grand. When you're asking for $10,000, you have to sort of 
fall in love with the game and see the long-term playability of it. And, and I think, you know, it's just really competitive. There's just so much out there asking for people's money and newness and sort of freshness um, will always sort of rise to the top in terms of like what people want. Because I think pinball people are, they're fickle. Like they, they fall in love with something and then they're on to the next. They fall in love with something, they're on to the next. The majority of people, you know, they're, they're, they're never fully satisfied and it's hard to get people excited for the first time again when they've seen something for, for so very long. But a- Absolutely. You know, it just is what it is. You know, I mean, everyone who's making pinball machines, it's not just Jerry. It's Gary Stern. It's its Jersey Jack. It's Charlie. Everyone has to be nervous that the market is getting oversaturated and it's going to make it harder and harder for them to sell. So what other... So we, we talked about Multimorphic. We talked about um, um, Pinball Circus. Was there a third one that was on the fringes that we wanted to talk about? Uh... I don't think so. Not this year. Um, okay. Well, we know that highway pinball is not coming and Dutch pinball is not coming. Right. And their absence is, we don't even have to explain why. I, I probably would expect Coin Taker to bring an alien machine. I think uh, so too. Because I yeah. think they're, they're still taking orders. I mean, they're making the game. I mean, there is a big difference between what's happening at highway pinball right now and what's happening at Dutch pinball. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. (laughs) One is slowly being made, and one is still trying to figure out how to remake it. Um, I am glad that we're not seeing anyone from either one of those companies spend money to travel to Texas because nobody wants to see them. Nobody. Yeah, at this point, I don't think there's – well, I'll say this. If the highway guys, the new highway guys had come over here, people would have listened. Uh, They would have gotten their attention just because – I'm not sure if those guys have been at a single show yet, you know, to, to really explain yeah. what are they doing, but you're absolutely right about the Dutch guys. There's nothing that they could come, you know, that Yop or Barry could come over here and, and tell everybody and make them feel at ease that they're not going to lose their money. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, every, every dollar spent is some pre-order guys money going to their plane ticket going to their meal, going to their bottle of beer. And w- nobody wants to see those guys spending anything other than manufacturing games. Um, I'm seeing Bubba move. Like, let me let me walk them. Yeah, yeah. I will no be problem. back in like five minutes, and we'll, we will continue. So we, we're going to get right. on to the top three, okay? No, no worries. Take All your right, time. Hold on. All right, we're back. All right. Bubba has been walked. He did number one and number two. I am a, I'm a, I'm a single daddy tonight. <laughs> Maybe I should fill that like ten minute gap with um with the head to head pinball lap track. <laughs> Just, and we're still we'd still come up we'd still come up a good hour shorter than a normal episode. <laughs> oh my god, I've been laughing my ass off at that at work uh, since you've been throwing it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Paid good money for it. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. hear it a lot. We're gonna hear it a lot. <laughs> you, need, you need to get him to record some new sound bites for you uh, this weekend. Well, it's funny. Well, I can just grab new <laughs> new laughs from every time they upload a new episode on Mondays. It's great. There's like 
two hours of of Marty just going nuts. Oh, um, so funny! So yeah, there'll be there'll be new laugh tracks coming for sure. Um, all right, so let's move on to the top three, right? So there, this show, it's almost like the seas have parted, and Charlie, Jack, and and you know our friends over at American Pinball, they they probably couldn't have got better news than Stern's not going to be there and Chicago Gaming's not going to be there. So the floor is theirs to dominate the conversation. So out of those three, Blake, um, we've got Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, we've got uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and we've got Houdini, right? Who do you think's going to sort of if you had a rank, how do you think people are going to respond to those three titles? I know it's we've seen two of them, so it's, maybe it's an unfair question. Um, but, yeah, maybe that is an unfair question now that I think about it, because we haven't seen Alice Cooper. Right. Well, But that's yeah, got to have the... Alice Cooper's got to have the most excitement because it's new, right? I, I think so. And, and, I mean, for me personally, um, that's the game that I'm absolutely looking forward to seeing uh, the most this weekend. Uh, but... Uh, you know, I've, I've also seen the other two machines. I probably would be equally as excited for pirates had I not seen it already. Um, uh, but I think that this weekend is, it's all going to be about spooky. I think, I think that this game, um, I think it's going to hopefully be the winner of the show for them. Um, you know, people have been critical about their games over the years and I think that they know that, um, they could continue to grow and, and do more and more things with their games. And uh, it sounds like this is their opportunity to, to show that they do have what it takes to do that. And uh, everything I've heard um, and, and what little I've seen um, really makes me think that this is going to be a special game for them. I think it's going to be an excellent, excellent game. And I think people are going to kind of look past the fact that it's an Alice Cooper game and see this as more of just a really – fun atmospheric uh game like you know adam's family or monster bash right have you seen anything more than what the rest of us have seen with some of the teasers um i have seen very little all all i have actually seen is the um cabinet artwork and the playfield artwork Okay. Um, and we haven't seen that yet. We've seen no. You've seen a little snippets translate. of it. And uh, we, yeah. we, so you don't have to go into detail, but what are your thoughts? I mean, it, it, you, you're, you've seen everything coming out from an artistic standpoint. Is it does it hold its own in the in the art department? I, I, I think it hold. I think it holds its own. Um, you know, you're you're not going to see the the minute. Uh, level of detail that you see like in Dirty Donnie or Zombie Eddie's artwork. But what you're going to see on that game, I think is the best artwork that Spooky has had on a machine uh, to date. And um, I got to say, it just, the cabinet especially just looks freaking amazing. And the playfield artwork is very elegant. It um, It's not overly complex with, you know, little elements in every nook and cranny. And I think part of that is because the, the physical castle takes up so much of the back of the game from what I understand. Um, but why wow, you're getting me really it, excited now. Like what I love about it is the <laughs> style of it because it, it really reminded me of that, that sort of old school ghoulish 
illustrative uh, feel that you see on games like Haunted House or that you see in some of the old like uh, horror comic books from the 60s and 70s. Um, that's what it really reminds me of. Right. And uh, it's not like – it's nothing that's like grotesque, but it's still horrific, if you know what I mean. It just has that – it really has that old school vibe to it. And right. uh, that really resonated with me. I thought that was such a great approach. And you can see how they were inspired with that with that style in the uh, the brief glimpse that we've seen at the animation so far um, right. in the teaser video. And uh, I think that that's really going to blow people away. And do you think um, do you think they're going to wait to Saturday night? Uh, be a long wait. <laughs> it is a long wait, and 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 I I see it's kind of a catch twenty two for them because you know they want to they want to make a grand unveiling um, just like you know Jack has with his games recently, but at the same time it's so late in the weekend that you don't want to miss that opportunity either. So Charlie said something to the effect of they may try and do something special to let people have glimpses of it over the weekend. So I'm wondering if you know, do they put it out for really brief periods of time and maybe move it, uh, you know, I mean, on wh- Friday? I just feel like they should get know. top billing. And I think top billing, because I do too. this is the only, like, new reveal that we're getting. I mean, for the yeah. most part, like, this is real. This is a real game. It's going to be made. This isn't some, like, kingpin, like, wish or intention. This is a real game that Charlie and company are going to start making very shortly. So... I I think people are going to be throwing money at this thing. I really do. Uh, It just seems to me to make sense to bump it up to Friday night and make it the big Friday night moment because you're going to want everyone coming through the doors of Texas Pinball Festival on Saturday early on, like noon on, to buy the game. (laughs) Absolutely. If you wait to what? It was like 4 o'clock on Saturday? Yeah, I believe so. Like, that's too late. So it, it, I, I <laughs> yeah. think I think Kim and Ed should just bump it. I, I think they should bump it, you know, because everyone who's really there for the show, like the pinball diehards, um, they're all there Friday. They're all there. And so you want to get more of like your larger customer base, I think, in all throughout Saturday and then make just Saturday night your victory lap because come Sunday morning, everyone gets the fuck out of there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I have no idea, um, if there have been any discussions about the scheduling and if they're going to get bumped, you know, up or not, I really don't know. Where um, is the schedule for TPF, by the way, is it on the website? Cause I've been trying to find it the whole time we've been talking. So I believe that they did post the agenda to the Facebook page for TPF. Oh, um, okay. But that was like last week, so you might have to do a little digging. Uh, I, I think it is somewhere on the website, but I'm not entirely sure. I could take a look and see. I'm, I'm looking um, right now, but we'll, we'll, okay. So, but it, it it has been publicly posted. It's okay. not a secret. No, no, it's just it's it's great that it's really hard to find that on the website for the damn show yeah. itself. I'm glad they <laughs> yeah, buried it somewhere because it's not when you click on events, it's not nothing comes up. Like right. there's no, you would think there'd be like here's a schedule of events. Nope. The only thing I see when I go to their webpage is is your face, Blake, immediately at the top <laughs> of the page. Um, so here's who's gonna be there, and then we'll go back to the other two manufacturers. So there is gonna be 
Blake is going to be a special guest. George Gomez is going to be in the house. Dennis Nordman is going to be in the house. Uh, Steve Ritchie is going to be there. Um, Bowen Kearns is going to be there. Uh, Lou Ferrigno. I mean, why not? That's kind of cool, actually. He, sure, why not? <laughs> he's just at everything. He's at all those like chiller events. Um, the guy makes a living now just going around. we got Jerry at Multimorphic is going to be there. Charlie and the team at Spooky. Um, let's see. Anyone else I'm missing? Jersey Jack and company. Color DMD is uh, going to be there. Barry Alzheimer is going to be there. Uh, Mark Ritchie is going to be there. Joe Balser. Um, um, Mark Ritchie. Then uh, Scott Denise is going to be there. John um, Borg is going to be there. Yep. Oh, Lyman Sheets is going to be there, even though they haven't formally announced him. Dirty uh, Donnie is going to be there. Christopher Franchi is going to be there. Can first can Christopher Franchi get a more intense photo of himself than the one he <laughs> he has, where he's so like? So he he actually he actually asked me to swap out that picture with the picture I was going to put in the program pages, and it's a. Um, it's another great photo with maybe slightly less intensity, but right. almost the same. <laughs> you know, it's also uh, going to be Chris. Uh, yeah. Chris actually told me that um, he's going to have two limited edition prints that he'll be selling for Batman 66 and for uh, guardians of the galaxy at the show. How much? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> he's fleecing the, us. He's fleecing us. Yeah, I know what he's doing. They're, they're, uh, they're I don't I don't know if he said how much they're going to be actually, but they're they're cool. You know, it's it's mostly artwork derived from what what's on the games. Right. No, they're I I, I, I jab at Chris. I, Chris is a great guy. I talk to him all the time. I mean he's his artwork is beautiful. I I, yeah. I, I stare at Batman every day and I, I, I still think it's one of the, the nicest looking pinball machines ever. Um all right, so I agree that this is gonna be a big, big show for Spooky, and if they announce that Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle is going to go on the line in late March, early April, uh, and they're only making 500. I used to think, you know what, there's no way they're going to sell 500. And the more I think about it, knowing that Spooky like has production down and people get their games and people are getting their total nuclear annihilations and they're loving them, uh, I think they're going to be just fine. I, I think they're going to absolutely be just fine with this title now. I think what you're going to find with this game, just from my understanding of how they've explained sort of the rules and the, the modes, I think this is going to go well beyond just being an Alice Cooper game. And I think it's going to be, it's going to have a, an atmosphere and a, and a real cool vibe to it that, um, that I don't think people were originally expecting. I think that they were just expecting another music pin and, I don't think that that's what you're going to get with this. I know it sounds like I'm kind of shilling for the game, and and yes, I have a history of working with these guys, but you know, there's just uh, everything that we've seen has really piqued my interest on it, and I think the approach it sounds like they're taking uh, to telling a story with the game is a lot more compelling, and it sounds like it's going to be more fun than your average music pen. Right, and when they said that from the beginning, is that this isn't a music pen. Right. It, it is a horror game in the you know with Alice Cooper as like the caretaker of this castle and there's these monsters you got to battle but this isn't like 
um, your Alice Cooper's roadie and you're trying to get through like 12 songs off his albums and that's like the goal of the game. Like it's nothing like that. And I, and I think that's a smarter approach because I've always felt that a lot of music pins, there's no real storyline, you know? You kind of just no. like, you play them, but it doesn't have like the kind of narrative that you want in, in a pinball machine. Um, all right, so... It's, I think it's Spooky's show to lose. And so let's go to Jersey Jack because Jersey Jack, they showed Pirates of the Caribbean way back, right? Expo feels like an eternity ago. It does. Um, I was there. <laughs> right? I mean, and it just feels like it's been six months, right? I mean, pretty much. Um, mm -hmm. How does Jersey Jack go and get hype now that we're heading into Q1 of 2018? And... I'm not sure Pirates is going to ship in Q1 because there's not many more months in Q1 left. So no. how do you think the reception is going to be this time around? And do you think they're going to get games out the door um, soon? I feel like because of the complexity of this game that this probably is not going to start shipping until late May, maybe early early June. I think it's going to be a summer game, honestly, um, which when you think about it, it's like, man, that's – that's a long ways from when they first unveiled the game, and that's that's exactly the time frame that they started making dialed in too. Was in the early summer, but as far as the game goes, um, it is a spectacular game. I, I do look forward to playing it again. Um, the game absolutely lives up to the hype, and I think it's by far the best game that they've made so far. Um, but for the people that have played it. I'm not sure if the excitement factor is really going to be there. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to playing it again, but it's it's not going to be the the go-to game for me at the show this year. Um, not like Dialed In was, um, but I do um, I do think that it's going to resonate with people that are attending that may have families, uh, people that might be looking for just one pinball machine. I think it is going to catch fire with them very very easily. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to playing it. I, I didn't go to Expo, so I sort of saw all the fanfare happen from a distance. Uh, and I haven't been able to play it on location. I, I know there's been some out in the wild in Chicago and in some other places. But I'm just looking forward to jumping on it. I mean, I've always... I, I've been somewhat critical of The Hobbit. I feel like Waz was a little bit of, like, not my cup of tea... Uh, but I've heard a lot of positive stuff about Pirates of the Caribbean. And I think for me, and I'm currently in on a collector's edition of it just because I was like, well, why not? It's a, it's a $1,000 sure. refundable deposit. And, and I do stupid stuff like, like buy really expensive pinball <laughs> machines that play exactly the same as a game that costs $4,000 less. Or in Batman's case, it plays exactly the same as one that costs... This is scary to say this. It's $7,000 more than a Batman premium. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, Chris? Yeah. What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> I've got a wedding to pay for. Um, but I, I'm really excited to play it because I, I do think this is going to be um, – it, it just from the looks of it, it looks like it's got more going on and, and is a better shooter than anything. Um, you know, I, I keep forgetting Dialed In because I that is an amazing game. Um, it, is a, it is a great game, but, but dialed, I'll, I'll say this: Pirates, Pirates is um, it's a game that you're not going to be disappointed in at all. And uh, you know, you and I talk a lot about theme integration. We have over, over you know many episodes, and I feel like for as many people that want to complain about oh, you can't 
use Johnny Depp's likeness in the the video content and all that. This is one game where it almost doesn't matter. There's so much else going on in the game, and I will say that they were truly innovative in the mechanisms and stuff they put in it, that it doesn't matter. I mean, this thing shoots equally as smoothly, if not even more so, than Dialed In does. Um, I mean, Eric just did a phenomenal job on it. Right. And and that's what I'm hearing. I mean, I'm hearing nothing but good things, and... You know, theme integration aside, I, I think what is the silver lining in all of this is that people don't really like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies that much. I mean, they they, they like the first yeah. film, but like there's been four of them and like the last three have been like kind of like just mediocre. So I think that actually works to their advantage because just pirates in general, just the world of pirates and ships and cannons and gold and, you know, sea creatures and krakens. It's just a really cool world to put under glass. And the fact that it's, it's based on the popular film franchise doesn't hurt. Um, I, cause I don't think people are like going to be complaining that much that they're not seeing clips from the movies. Cause I don't think no. there's that many clips from the movies that are that iconic other than the first film or two that people would want to see integrated. Um, and look, people forgave, uh, you know, alien for not having Sigourney Weaver. She's the main character. So we get a pirate yeah. game without Johnny Depp. Yeah. I mean, and, and, uh, as far as the, the animations and stuff go, the, the animations that were in the machines at Expo were top-notch. I mean, they were very, very well rendered. They were beautifully detailed and well done, almost too much to the point where you could not even you couldn't even tell what all was going on on the screen or focus on all the little details while you were playing. But um, I will say the game's got one of the absolute coolest toppers I've ever seen. You know, the Attack from Mars topper is fantastic. The Batman 66 topper is fantastic. But the ship in the bottle that's on the collector's edition is incredibly well done, and you just have to see it in person to to see all the little the little subtleties to it. It's it's very cool. Um, and one feature I'm looking forward to seeing that I assume will be f- functional at, at the show is um, the LED constellations that are in the backboard. Uh, they were not programmed at the time of expo uh but you you could see them just on like in an attract mode and they looked very cool there's the way that they they kind of set it up they made the backboard very very dark at the back of the the machine and when those leds are lit it actually looks like there's depth to those stars like it's it's more than just a flat board with leds on them and i thought that was very effective so i'm i'm very interested to see what the programming looks like on that. Cause that was a cool feature. Um, and then of course the, the rocking ship and stuff was just spectacular. Right. Yeah. And I heard it doesn't shoot like a wide body, which is, which is always good. Because no, no, it one, does no, not. no one ever says, man, I wish this fast game would shoot more like a wide body. It it's makes, it the makes the Hobbit around. look, it makes the Hobbit look incredibly boring. I'm, I'm going to be honest. It really does. Right. Well, that game's always been a little bit of a floaty mess, but I heard <laughs> yeah. it's. I heard you know. I heard I hear from some people that own it that you you got to get into code number thirty-seven. My only concern with pirates, though, I mean, I, I think aesthetically it looks amazing. I think the mechs are awesome. I think Eric did an incredible job. I'm a little worried that they're going to go way overboard on the the complexity of the coding and 125 chapters and and 22 <laughs> yeah. characters to select from and you know. 
if you hit this target at this point, it's worth half a point. Then it's worth a fraction of a point. Then it's I, I, I don't want to do math when I play pinball. I, I just want to know what to do. I don't want to have to do calculations in my head, and I don't... You know, I'm a little. Wor- the other thing I'm a little like worried about with the randomness of the code is like, what if you like know the modes you really love the most? Like, you can't select them. You have to like randomly wait for them to appear. So, right. are people gonna like that? I'm. Eh, we haven't had a game ever like that before, where it's random selection of, yeah. of all your modes to break up. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not flow. sure how. I mean, I guess there's gonna be so much to the game that. Maybe it won't bother people too much, but you're right, especially for people that have it in a home environment. After they play it a number of times, they probably are going to have favorite modes that they want to be able to replay, and I'm not sure if there's going to be an easy way to do that. Um, Okay, well, interesting show for Jersey Jack, because I think he's going to... um, He's going to... Do we know how many he's bringing? Probably... Is he going to bring two or four? Or I mean, he showed up with dialed-ins up the wazoo. He had like... Six or eight when he when he unveiled that game. If I had to guess, uh, I would say that they're going to have quite a few. I mean, he had, I think they had six machines, six pirates at Expo. So, and and that was, you know, before the game was was fully done, really. Um, so I would expect that they're going to have at least that many at this show. Um, well, we know we know. Spooky's only bringing two Alice Coopers, and, and Texas gets crowded. Yeah, it, it's gonna be you know I, I'm I'm online already to play Alice Cooper, and and we're like we're like five days out. I'm oh, already yeah. online. I mean, I'm I'm at the show I, right now. I think um, that's uh that's that's one I'm gonna I'm gonna see if they'll let me get a, a sneak preview of that one to play it early because the lines are gonna be really long for it. Right. I might bring a boombox and have like the head-to-head pinball lap track on it, and just like <laughs> hit play, and maybe that'll clear out some of the line and thin it out a little bit. I gotta do it. I like. I got. I gotta get my money's worth with this thing. Um, all right. So the last game in this sort of triumvirate, these three new games, sort of jockeying for people's dollars, is going to be Houdini. And what makes Houdini's presence at this year's TPF, I mean, it's a miracle. In in 12 months, we went from, you know, sort of like a, a race against the clock to just get something at TPF to show people that American pinball wasn't going to be, you know, John Papaduke's mistake. It was going to be a whole new company and they had a whole new design team. And here we are a year later and customers are getting their machines and now people are going to be able to play the final version of Houdini for the most part, um, there's still some coding tweaks Josh will do, but it's going to be at TPF and people can order the game from many distributors. So, Blake, what, 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 how excited are you to play Houdini again, and and, and how do you think it's going to do at the show? Uh, you know, I think it's going to go over well with a lot of people because I don't. It doesn't seem like a whole lot of people have had a chance to play the game. For me personally, I've gotten a lot of time in on the game already. Um, we've had one here in Houston for. Uh, a little over a month now, and uh, I've had a ample time to just play it with no one else around where I can hear the sounds and stuff. Um, the game is a lot of fun, actually. I think the game is considerably better than the the early iteration of it that they brought to the show last year. Um, I think Josh and Joe and, and everybody in American Pinball have done a really great job 
pulling this game together and, and making it something special. They, they have every right to be proud of this game. Um, and, and I think that there are going to be people uh, for the price point that it's at that are, are going to be very seriously interested in it. Um, uh, th- how does it shoot and all that kind of stuff? Well, I, th- I think it shoots fine overall. I, I agree with you that there are a few tight shots here and there that you might not be able to repeatedly hit uh, that frequently. But overall, um, I think it's a really good game. I like it. I, I like it a lot. Um, I was I was very impressed with it when I played it in Chicago in October. And I think that it's held up really well, and I think they made the game even better now that it's shipping. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing it again. I, I couldn't, you know, the game I played, it, it wasn't set up right. I couldn't hear it. It's like watching a movie with no volume, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so uh, pinball is, is a physical and audio experience. And so I'm really looking forward to, to, to getting the right kind of experience um, with Houdini. Uh, the game is $7,000 and it's jam packed with stuff. Right. And uh, you know, when we look at the prices of these games, we haven't really talked price much, but Houdini and Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle are coming in around the same price. It sounds like both of them uh, are going to have a, a hell of a lot for your money. You know, Jersey Jack's the leap up, but I think people see the Jersey Jack games and they definitely see the value in why yes. they're spending more. I would say the company that's still you really have to sort of scratch your head at an LE from Stern for $9,000. I, I still think Stern has some ways to go to justify where they're at with the price of these machines, but they're they're winning on theme and they're winning on uh, their ability to manufacture quickly. You know, yes. you don't have to wait. Um, but it's, man, it's all these companies, like it's it's like... Pinball's alive. Pinball is flourishing. Um, there is, it, it's a buyer's market. It is a buyer's market. Absolutely. And, and I mean, um, I'm hearing of more and more uh, pinball leagues and barcades and opportunities for the general public to get exposure to pinball again popping up all over the country. I mean, I, I think it's, it's truly amazing. And I don't think that we would see as many of these companies coming out of the woodwork and more of them than not succeeding. Um, if the hobby and the industry wasn't doing well, I I think that it is, I said this last year and I, and I'll say it again, it's a spectacular time for pinball and and being a fan of this hobby, uh, to see how many options that we've got out there and to see that, the new companies are starting to, to get production, you know, down pat and they're, they're figuring out how to, to get these games out a little bit more quickly. Um, it's incredibly exciting. I mean, to think that, that it's doing so well that, you know, we can see so many companies making a variety of themes and then companies like spooky take somebody's whitewood prototype game that people just fell in love with at a show and turn it around into their most successful pinball machine up to this point. I think that's awesome. And it makes me wonder, you know, what else can be done in a boutique manner that maybe we don't need to crank out thousands of units, but still make a really spectacular game and in a more limited manner. Um, 
it still is getting some really good imagination and creativity out there. Right. And, and I, I mean, I agree. I, I think that, um, you know, for boutique manufacturers out there, there's not a lot of white space, but if you want to come out with a very limited run game, there's the market for it. There is the market there for it is. because because as much as there's so many options right now, there will always be a market for the collector or the you know the guy who wants something that not everybody else has, and that will there will always be a pathway to sell that to people if the game is good though. We're we're past right. the point of just rarity equals consumption. True. I, mean, I, th I think Spooky got off the ground that way, but I think they know now that they just can't announce, well, it's limited, so we're going to sell every one. I, I think people are going to demand the games are, are, are worth the money. Um, but I think it's a great time to be in pinball. Something I'm curious about, I wonder if this is going to happen to Pinball Blake, where you know how there's a lot of car dealerships and there's a lot of car manufacturers, and ultimately, after a car has been out for a year the manufacturer will offer you discounts on that mm -hmm. on that new car to move the car off the lot. We've never really seen that in pinball, but I'm wondering, you know, like as we head into year two with Dialed In and it's lost some of its hype, do you ever think a company like Jersey Jack who can make Dialed In's forever because he owns the IP of Dialed In that we're going to start to see maybe some discounts on titles that are a year or two old just to keep people from buy, you know, keep people buying it because he doesn't see a penny when those games sell used in the secondhand market. Right. So, uh, that's, that's a really good point. I actually had not thought about that. Um, I guess the question is what's their profit margin and are they willing to, to take in less profit off of each individual machine by lowering the price? You know, are they right. making, are they making enough of a profit above and beyond the bill of materials that they feel like they can reduce that profit margin a little bit? And right. if they are making a substantial amount of money, um, uh, that's going in their pockets, uh, in addition to the cost of the game, then maybe they would be willing to do that. But, I don't know. I mean, the, the only time I've seen the prices come down on these new games is really just with the distributors that are doing that exact thing. They're basically saying, I've already got this many games new in box. They're not really selling that well. I have no choice but to lower the cost a little bit to be able to move them out of my showroom, you know? Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I, part of me just feels like all these new games coming out coupled with the, the, the tons of games that are just always for sale in the used market. Uh, something's going to give soon. We talk about the bubble bursting. I think we always speculate that, but I think we're really at the point where uh, we're at, we might be at the saturation level of there just aren't enough new inbox buyers to support all of these companies hitting their target estimates on these new games. Because I mean, we heard from, from Josh Kugler when, when we were talking to him about Houdini is they jam packed it because they need to sell a lot. Right. And so their projections uh, for sales, I would have to imagine has to be North of a thousand games, which is a lot for, for a new company to find that many buyers uh, of, of a title when you're competing against so many other options out there. 
Yeah, I mean, they uh, they need this game to be successful, and and I I understand why they're not coming back to TPF this year to unveil yet another game, and that they really want to make sure that Houdini's going to stick around and that it's going to be a successful game for them before they dive too far into committing to a second game. I mean, that's that's smart business and not you know, overexerting themselves as a, as a company because they, they are still small, you know, their, their assembly capability. You know what happened? It was going to probably be Oktoberfest. And I, I, I've (laughs) I've single-handedly destroyed that theme in the pinball world. They they can't make Oktoberfest. Like I just, I, it, it, no, the, the, you know, of all people, I'm a firm believer in, any theme could be possibly made into a good pinball machine. However, with, with that said, I yeah. agree with you. From a marketing standpoint, I just don't see the the sellability of <laughs> of an October well, fest. Well, the, the, the devil's advocate people are like, "Well, what are you talking about? It's got women scantily clad. It's got music. It's got beer. That that equals fun pinball." And I'm just like, you know what? Go make Oktoberfest and see what happens, and then. Don't make me say I told you so. It should have been Big Trouble in Little China. I'm going to keep beating that dead horse. People complain wish... about hearing the same songs on the music pens over and over again, and these are by m- pretty much A-list bands. What do you think people are going to feel like after they keep hearing Polka over and over and over again yeah. <laughs> in a machine? Now. Shoot me now. <laughs> Look, uh, Josh, we should talk. Joe Balser, Davil, give me a call, guys. Give me a call. Let's figure this out together. Um, well, Blake, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm also grateful because I'm crashing in in Blake's room again. This this is like become a thing of us. Like Blake books his room way in advance. I, I waver and I, I waffle on, on actually committing. And then by the time I want to go, it's too late to get a room in the hotel. Um and then Blake lets me crash with him, and then I, you know, I pay half my way, and I buy him a bunch of drinks and a bunch of food, and when we, <laughs> we, we have a good time. Um, yeah, man. Hey, you know, if if it helps get you to Texas, then it's totally worth it. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a great show, and uh, I always look forward to hanging out with you. And um, I think there's going to be even more people to hang out with this year. So yeah, it's going to be Sh- good. It should be, be a good. great time. Well, we will report from the show, so you'll probably hear. Uh, at least me, maybe Blake will join the show. We'll get some more people on there. Um, we should do like, um, we should recreate what is happening in Barry and Yop's room over <laughs> in the Netherlands at this, at, at the same time. <laughs> like we should be how far they've fallen from their penthouse parties and, and telling, you know, how stupid Stern was. We, we should be like, and now we're going to cut to Barry and Yop's in the Netherlands. <laughs> and it's just like, Maybe it's just the laugh track from Head to Head Pinball for like three hours. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> well, I like your idea of uh, doing a full-blown uh, podcast menagerie with all the podcasters that are going to be present at the show. <laughs> well, and we know like a lot are going to be there, right? It's, we should just do yeah. a podcast Royal Rumble. We got Ryan yeah. C. We got myself. I know like Brody even talks straight down the middle is going to be there. The flipping, They're all going to be there. They're all going to be there. I'll tell yeah. you this, though. Only one. Only one. Has a Twippy Award, boom, <laughs> boom. You get you get your airtime based upon your 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 Twippies. Oh, oh, there there you go. <laughs> based on the amount of votes that you got, uh, I should bring the Twippy with me. I think it's plastic. I don't even have to go through the. Me- I could I could carry it in my hand, 
like like it's the 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 holy grail as I walk through the metal detector and be like, don't worry, this thing is plastic. <laughs> well, they'd probably still be afraid that you could stab somebody with it. And it looks like it does look like a weapon. It does look like a weapon. Um, well, Can you imagine trying to explain that to a TSA agent? I like, swear, it's just it's just my Twippy award. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's I mean, not I a weapon. In, yeah, like. Every week I record three pinball podcasts for no money at, at the risk of losing my relationship and have all my coworkers look at me like I'm a freaking idiot. But yeah, it's worth it. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Oh, and by the way, I'm actually on my way to a huge pinball show. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? So you know what funny part, and then, and then we'll end this chat, is I'm – I, I'm going to be in Atlanta on Monday after the show and I, I got to go down for a big piece of business, a big business pitch. And, and they're like, can, can you fly in Monday and you got to fly Sunday? I'm like, well, I, I don't know. I'm like already pre-committed to something. And they're like, what? I'm going <laughs> to a pinball show in Texas. And they just looked at me like, are you fucking kidding us right now? Like it works out for me though. So they're actually now going to pay for me to fly from, from Dallas right to Atlanta, which is actually a shorter flight than I probably from then right. Oh, New it's York to it's Atlanta. only a two-hour flight. It's a piece of cake. Yeah, so it's simple, and then I'll I'll go to the pitch. Um, man, they I probably should have warned them that spending two days with a bunch of pinball guys, I'm gonna be in pretty rugged like ragged <laughs> shape for this pitch but um it'll be good it'll be fine um well you know that's that's one of the fun things about texas is yes it's kind of become a bit of an industry show but it's very much a party show it's uh it's a really good time like once you like you i barely play pinball at these pinball shows yeah i mean i'm literally like just hanging out with people talking about pinball watching people play pinball um I get my kicks from the people. I, I really, you know, I'll, I'll jump on the new machines, but for the most part, I've played almost everything that's out there. Um, but I, as I said, it's the only time you can turn to the person to your left and to your right and, and actually not have them want to punch you in the face when you start talking about um, pinball code and, and vertical up kicks and orbit shots. Like nobody, nobody in my normal day to day even understands what language I'm speaking if they were to listen to my podcast. So it's uh, going to be feel fun. Bad. I got the same reaction at work, uh, whatever I told them what I was going to do this weekend too. So <laughs> yeah, they're like, you're not actually spending money to go to the show. Are you? I'm like, um, yeah, <laughs> I told I, them, I, I'm, act- I'm actually one of the guests. <laughs> yeah. I upgraded like I upgraded to first class. Uh, Twippy award winner. I'm going first class. I mean, it's not, it was like a cheap first class flight too. It's like, it's right. only like 200 bucks like just to get to Texas like with regular like seat and I'm like you know what I'll treat myself I'll treat myself sure, I should have got two first class tickets me in one seat the twippy in the other seat <laughs> with the seatbelt around it ordering it drinks and everything you know and then I had the boom box with the laugh track going the whole whole way there whole way <laughs> Oh, well, next year. Yeah, there's always <laughs> and may, and maybe and maybe you can have a seat for two Twippies. Yeah, maybe I can, imagine going two for two. I don't know, man. I I feel like I feel like I, I'm always I'm always anxious. Who knows? Um, all right, well, Blake, this has been incredible. We will we will I will see you in a few days. Um, for those of you 
out there in the world. Uh, I would go to Pinside as, as the best place to sort of catch all the reveals that are happening at TPF. There's always a lot of people at the shows taking photos and sharing them on Pinside. So that's your best bet um, to, to almost like vicariously be at the show. Um, so we look forward to reporting from the show as well. And yeah, it's a great week for pinball. A lot of fun stuff comes from these shows. Yep, absolutely. It's uh, it's going to be a great time, and uh, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing everybody, and uh, it's it's a highlight every year. Would, Blake, the last point I'll make is, would you take the Hilton hoodie as payment for the <laughs> hotel room? <laughs> oh, man. You know, that is a tempting offer. It's, it's uh, value. We, we should get everyone know? to sign it, sort of like the, the apron of destiny. I really, I really hope... Now, see, we don't have a plan yet for when you're going to unveil this to Hilton. No. Do we? He's going to be at the show. He I is should going like, to be there. I know. I should sort of I should sort of like rig it so it's up in the rafters, and when he walks <laughs> underneath it, I should slowly lower it down so it just like it just falls onto his body. It'll fit like a glove. It's because it's destiny. I mean, this this is a, a, like a four year in the making hoodie. I mean, well, you know, I, I probably know the right person that could arrange to just have it put with his registration packet. <laughs> oh my God, I need to make, I, yeah, I need to make multiple versions because I feel like he's going to destroy them one by one as we leave them around the show. I actually have to go to the printers this week because the damn like Zazzle website like wouldn't print the Homer Simpson's image because it's copyright uh, protected. I'm like, you motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, yep. But I'll go. I'll go to a local printer. We'll get it. We'll get it figured out. It's, it's 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 really my number one priority this week is to get the Hilton hoodie ready for Texas. More than more than my clients that pay for me, <laughs> I need to get this Hilton hoodie ready. Well, we don't want to have one less reveal at the show. You know, exactly. we've already lost Can, enough of them, right? Look, if 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 Canada pulled out revealing the Hilton hoodie to TPF, they might just cancel the show. Oh, they, well, they, you know, I yeah. Who, who knows? Maybe I'll start my own Texas show like Pinball Palooza, and just we'll just have competing shows every other week in these major cities. Who knows? <laughs> yep. Well. All right, bud. Well, we will uh, see you on Friday. Looking forward to it. All right, everyone. Have a great night. All right, you too.